0: Tangle 1 at the top, we are at follow-up vehicle. and four, Tangle 1, you have control. Tangle 1 copy. Stand by. Stand by. Integrity, passion, resilience, that's what this place was built on. That's what our community is founded on. Don't act like the example, just be the example. This is the home of the greatest fitness community in the world. We're trying to create strong, able bodies, resilient to injury with a gas tank to get shit done. If there's one thing from this podcast about taking immediate action, find the problem fix the problem, this is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. i to you take one okay. podcast. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Excited for today's show. Welcome to the Tango One Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Casey Wright. And our mission is to challenge you and guide you to create an immediate action plan against your problems and your weaknesses. We want you to do more and be more. And today we have one of the guys who's inspired me to do just that, my very good friend, for a very long time, Bobby Maximus. I still call him Rob McDonald, but he does go by the stage name Bobby Maximus, and uh, and that's really the only way so many people know him. And it, it's become such a like, just such a cool thing to watch you grow into uh, you know social media stud and and so successful. So Bobby is a former Toronto cop, former Peel cop too. He's a UFC vet. Uh, he's a father, first and foremost, and husband, and he is the author of all kinds of stuff for men's health, but in particular, a great book, The Maximus Body, which has all kinds of great pictures of yours, truly smiling and staring Bobby in the eyes. <laughs> so yeah, man, welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you.
1: Hey, thank you. First of all, i never use my government name again. So <laughs> secondly, did you memorize all that or are you reading that?
0: I, I know it, I, but I, I wrote it and then he I read it. read it. I always read the intro part. I have no <laughs> idea why I can't break that habit. I'm not the, uh, the natural like you, I'm still practicing.
1: All right, because if you, if you forgot that I am the greatest Mountie to ever grace the Canadian police service, I'd be upset by that.
0: <laughs> I, people think well, that every cop hero is a Mountie and that's not true, know, just so I you know. But, you, like, Do
1: you have a red suit and a horse? And I'm like, no, I, like, not everyone here is a Mountie. Like the people down here, Think I'm Dudley? You right?
0: Yeah. Do you know Dudley? <laughs> he was with the tall, really tall hat. You guys don't know. <laughs> and uh, yo, first though, let's start right off the top. I mean, the one thing I didn't put into that intro was you are the what world champion?
1: Uh, I well, kind of the world masters champion. I am the best of the old guys in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.
0: And that was yesterday, right? In Orlando, Florida. That was yesterday, that was yesterday. Congrats, man. Very proud of you.
1: No, thank you. So the Masters tournament—it's for essentially over thirty—and it gives uh, old guys like me trying to trying to stay relevant a chance to do something. Because I can't, I can't. You know, if I'm very honest, I can't hang with these kids anymore. Like winning the World Masters is a lot different than trying to win the genuine Worlds, which is World Adult from twenty to thirty. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you, I think you're being a little bit humble there, because when you said Masters over 30, I was, I was kind of blown <laughs> away. I'm like masters, I thought like over 40, like you and I are 42. I thought it would be like over 40 we masters over 30, man. That's still some pretty young dudes there.
1: Yeah. Well, there's categories over 32, like there's like a 30 to 35, 35 to 40, 40 to 45, 45 to 50, they've got it all segmented out. So you get people your age and your experience level, if you will.
0: Nice. And how, how long was that? Like how long is a typical fight?
1: five minutes. And then I had three fights. So me and a bunch of other 42 year olds beat each other up for an afternoon. It was fun.
0: And how does that feel today?
1: I feel like I've been a train wreck. You know, it's (laughs) funny that even if you, even if you win, it's just a violent sport. It's like playing football or, uh, you know, wrestling or, or, you know, even fighting, you just, your body, it takes a huge toll on your body. So man, my back, my knees, you know, I feel like, uh, the greatest police movie ever, Lethal Weapon. I feel like when Danny Glover tells Mel Gibson, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I wanna go lay in an Epsom salt bath and
0: chill out. I bet. So man, let, so I know your story obviously, but so many people that, of my listeners don't. And like Casey wasn't around the last time you were down here. So you're from Northern Ontario and let's go from there. Like how does it, be, you become to living in Salt Lake City? Like there's a lot of steps in that story, but let's let's just hit some of them
1: yeah so i uh I'll, I'll try to make this quick i uh i was bullied pretty heavily until i was 15 years old ish 16 years old and and i think a lot of kids were bullied uh so i i don't know how to feel about it like it obviously wasn't uh too bad but i was punched in the face on the bus every day wedged kids made fun of me uh, drew on my face with marker i used to have to wash it off before i go home because if my mom saw, she'd rat me out to the other parents or, or tell the other parents, and then you'd get a double beat down, Tony, because no one likes a snitch. And uh, when I was 15 years old in gym class, these four kids broke my collarbone. And I remember feeling scared, helpless, didn't know what to do, and I didn't want it to happen anymore. So I, I started wrestling, and I was terrible. I lost every match my first year. My second year, I won one out of 40 matches. So again, I was terrible. And uh, I was kind of lost. So I found my way into the weight room. We had a high school weight room and a couple of the older kids and the teachers helped me. And uh, I, you know, got pinned under a 45 pound barbell. First day I worked out, didn't know what I was doing, but uh, I kept showing up, hoping it it would make me better. And then I started to get bigger. I started to get stronger. I started to win in wrestling. As I started to win, my confidence started to increase. Uh, By my last year of high school, I actually won Senior Athlete of the Year. I got that good at wrestling and football. Keep in mind, I tried out for football before and I got cut. But my last year, I was able to make it. And so that kind of set me off the weight room on on this journey. And from there, I went to the University of Western Ontario. I was a standout wrestler, uh, graduated with a couple of university degrees, uh, went on to Lakehead University, did my Bachelor of Education. I, I went through a period of uh, I kind of felt like I needed a real grown-up job. I don't know if you went through that, Tony, but it was like I was brought up in a blue-collar family where you got to have a job with a pension and benefits and like the whole deal. And it was time for me to enter the real world. So I worked a little bit as a teacher, worked as a cop. Uh, in, in the meantime, I was trying this ultimate fighting. Type thing, fighting in a cage. Uh it was it was a great experience at the time. For a young guy, there's nothing like being an ultimate fighter. You get to pick up some girls, travel, get paid a little bit of money to punch people in the face. It's a dream job. And so went in the UFC. And then at some point, and I know you went through this, I just had enough of policing. Uh I, I had this idea that I wanted to help people. But uh, you know, cops are really undervalued underpaid uh and, and have to make a lot of sacrifices it's not an easy life to be a lifelong police officer especially if you're one of the good ones and so i got out of that and decided to make fitness my full-time thing ran a gym called jim jones for a number of years uh, it was a pretty famous place um and uh then i split off from them some differences of philosophies and here i am today. I. I Write books. I, I do podcasts. I live on the internet. I'm like a like a more humble, nicer version, I guess, of Logan and Jake Paul.
2: <laughs> They're doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty. Uh, it's a it's a pretty
0: crazy story, man. Because so you and I met like what 2005 ish, something like that, and then to see how far like. And I remember just months later getting that, that call from you or the email from you like saying, hey, and then I'm chasing my dream. I'm packed my car <laughs> and I'm like, I remember your car too. And you're like, I packed my car and I'm heading to Salt Lake City. Oh, and I'm having a kid.
2: And it was like, wow. How did you two originally meet?
1: Oh, this is a funny story. Right, actually, here we this go. Tony totally inspired me to help regular people. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I show up at this course And uh, it's a defensive tactics uh, certified instructor course at the Ontario Police College. It's it's one of the best police colleges in the world. Uh, Didn't realize it when I was there, Tony, because I was just miserable to be there. I just won a world championship fight. I believe on the first day uh, I showed up and everyone was in uniform and I showed up with a t-shirt with my face on it and my championship belt and a four liter jug of water. And I don't think I was liked for minute one. Well, you're missing part
0: and your sunglasses and you had sunglasses on. I was,
1: I was in rock star mode, too good for the police college. And I sat down, Tony was there. And I, I, I mean, we, we, we hit it off. He was the only one in class that didn't give me a dirty look or was judgmental. And I'm like, all right, this guy's solid. He's good. And, uh, he, he started asking me, he saw my broad shoulders. I think, I think at the time you called me the, the strongest looking man you'd ever seen. And you <laughs> asked me if you could train with me. So I told him he could train with me, provided he carried my kettlebell to the gym, which was like a half mile walk. So he would carry my kettlebell. And I remember Tony, he had a really good heart, but just being so horrifically unfit. It was at that moment that I wanted to help normal people get the gift of fitness. So, if I'm in the training world, you could thank Tony for that.
0: <laughs> well, it's this is the, the, all true fact. It, I don't know if I'm going to call the factual. Uh, Rob, the one thing him and I, if fitness and, and uh, policing, but we also have the exaggeration fact. Everybody, everybody here at this says that I exaggerate stories, and Rob is the king.
1: You like how this story grows a little bit every it, time yes, I tell yeah. it? It's the catapult like kind of gets bigger, I, I get smaller. I wanted to help the, the normal people get the gift of fitness.
0: So a, a lot of it is kind of true because I thought I I was there. I was a SWAT guy. I thought I was a real big, strong, you know, not big, but I thought I was strong, stronger than most. And I was strong than most people in the class. And then Rob sits next to me and I'm like, well, this guy's obviously fit. He's a big, strong guy. And he was what, 15 years ago. We we're so much younger. And uh, I, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go train with you today. And he did make me carry the kettlebell. That's true. And, but honestly, I think it was the first time I'd ever seen or held a kettlebell. Like back then, like that, that style of training, it was, you know, it wasn't CrossFit CrossFit was just starting to come on the scene. It was just like a mixture. And it's still the training that you follow today, like lifting weights, but also moving.
1: We did functional stuff and credit to you. Like I, I don't like a lot of people as workout partners because they're lazy and they're not dedicated and you know, credit to you for doing something that was new to you. You showed up every day. You were enthusiastic. You were funny. You never complained. We had a great time. That was, that was three weeks of fucking great working out. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, it was fun. And remember that my whole goal in that whole course, cause it was a fighting course. Right. And they're like, of course, like we're gonna, we have to, you're gonna be paired off with somebody and my partner's not there that day because he's fighting in the UFC. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. There's all these like chubby cops in here. And now I gotta, I gotta train every day with a UFC fighter. But it just goes to show that like, being around somebody who's like, and that was the best thing that happened to me because one, the gym would never have happened had I not been Rob, and I'll give him all the credit in the world for that. I'll tell him that later on. I'll tell that story a little bit, but I started fighting with this guy, but my whole goal was to tap out Bobby Maximus. And I remember he would come out of the shower in the morning, like in his towel, the head to his room, and i jump off the stairs onto his like (laughs) neck. And it was like, it was like, I felt like the kid brother and I get tossed around and then pinned. I remember he choked me out with my own shin one day to teach me lesson, I never did get that, that choco, but I'm still hoping one day.
1: No, but one That was, day that that was actually a fun course. We did some nice stuff. We did a firearm certification. We did a bunch of defensive tactics stuff. It was, it turned out to be a really good three weeks. And the other thing is you become a lifelong friend. Uh, you, you know, you were, you're, you're, the, the the wedding, like the 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 work together that we've done, like if it wasn't for that, I would have never met you. So I'm I'm forever grateful for that experience.
0: Yeah, same man. It, it was pretty fun. It was pretty awesome. And we kind of just stayed in touch. Like we didn't, you know, we 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 emailed a little bit, and then he moved to to Salt Lake and started with the Jim Jones thing. We kind of lost touch a little bit, and then. uh. I was just real unhappy with where my fitness was and started doing, uh, Rob was, well, was posting a lot of workouts when he was running Jim Jones. And I think Danny reached out to him and being the you know, super generous guy he is, he said, come on on this Jim Jones seminar he was doing. And uh, I went up and I almost died again training with him, especially at altitude. And uh, I remember you saying to me like, hey man, come on up for level two. And then when it was level two, you're like, hey, come on up for level three, but he gave me it was this is what's great about you is like you just laid it out after level two. I was a significantly better shape than I was for level one, but I still wasn't the Jim Jones. like Those guys were top of the, the food chain back then with uh, the fitness levels that the guys were coming to learn from Robin. He says to me like, hey, you're my friend, which means you got to be in even better shape than everybody else. If you want this, because it's going to look like one, if you don't pass, you're not getting it. And two, if you don't pass the flying colors, it's going to look like I'm you know, favoring you. And right. I remember that you put that ultimatum out to me. And I remember coming back and nearly dying again on that bike. We had Dan Goodman on a few weeks ago and he showed the picture of me coming off that airdyne. But I was one of the proudest moments of my life was passing that. And you really pushed me and so many others to do that, man. So thank you for that. So what are, you thinking, uh, what are you thinking is next, man? Like you've started with this, like you've got first form going, you've got the Lalo, I'm wearing my Lalo boots by the way, always. But uh, what's, what's next? You're doing so many things.
1: You know, I, I actually, it took me a while to be able to vocalize this. I really believe my life's mission uh, has always been to help other people. Just because I'm so grateful for the things that I've gotten, if you will, and if you look at my career path, it's one of the reasons I taught. Uh, there were some teachers I had in my life. One in particular I want to call out. His name Lloyd Ribeiro. Uh, he was a high school teacher who really, really inspired me to be better in a lot of ways. Uh, my wrestling coach, Eugene Vinci, who was, a, who was a teacher, he inspired me to be better in in so many ways. Brian sepatelli And so I, I really was lucky to have some teachers who really... Uh, pushed me to get better. And I, I think I've had a hand in all my success. And so I wanted to pass that on. Uh, and I, I realized in teaching, you're, you're somewhat uh, hamstrung by the system, if you will. It's, it's harder and harder to make a real effect on, on people's lives in the way that I wanted to. So I went into policing because I'm going to save the world. But Tony, you know, as well as I do, policing is not that easy. And there's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy. And, and, you know, especially in the political landscape of the states, there are some good cops, and there are some bad cops. And unfortunately, the way the system is, uh, I think the good cops get really undervalued. And I think some of the bad cops are allowed to flourish in a way. And so that wasn't the place for me. And there always was uh, a part of me that believed that exercise was the reason I was where I was today. If it wasn't for, forget for my collarbone broken, but, but wrestling and finding my way into the weight room, I, I wouldn't have went to university. I wouldn't have been in the UFC. I wouldn't have been the police officer I was. I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity uh, to make friends with somebody like you because fitness is what really brought us together. And so my mission now is to use fitness to, to make the world a better place and however that needs to happen i'm willing to go down that road uh to influence people so i've i've started uh you know doing different things i just finished shooting a movie uh well we're not finished yet there's a little bit more to go uh it's going to be out next year uh so i've done a little bit of acting wrote a book for men's health i just got featured in the men's health train like a celebrity feature uh which was you know super uh a super honor to be featured alongside i mean they've done stuff with that uh, Henry Cavill, The Rock, uh, LeBron James, uh, and me, I I guess. I don't know how I fit with those three, but that's cool. Um, So I was able to do that and then uh, do these jujitsu tournaments. But but really, all of these things are just trying to push the message that if you work out every damn day, you show up, you you, you don't quit. You ask some questions and, and you just put in a little bit of honest effort that fitness can really change your life. So I'm trying to inspire people to do the same.
2: So a few things we talk about a lot here is, is always having your own coach and kind of having someone else to look up to. What are things you do to kind of continue to learn your own skills and trades? Who do you look up to? Or like, who are people you go to for questions and,
1: and things that you have going on? Well, oh man. Well, uh, I don't have a formal coach, but I have a group of people that I would consider mentors. So one of the most incredible things about my life and the success I've had is I've been able to have access to incredible people who, I, who I've looked up to for years. So it's really, really humbling and an honor to be able to call Jay Faruja on the phone and ask him questions. Uh, I think he's one of the best trainers of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, I've got to be good friends with C.T. Fletcher. It's really great to be able to call him up and ask questions and hang with him and, and, and learn, uh, Tony, we, we, it was funny. Um, when I was in LA, I was talking about having dinner with Bedros. And you were like, Holy shit. Like your buddies with Bedros and, and Bedros Cooley. And I think is a leader in the industry, and I think he's an incredible, you know, human being, uh, I've got to be friends with Michael Hearn, uh, Gunnar Peterson, who's, who's the trainer for the Lakers, uh, and, and he's trained Sly Stallone, JLo, the Kardashians, he's trained everybody. Uh, Joe DeFranco is a guy I've, I've been able to befriend. And so, and I'm forgetting people because there are so many incredible people in the industry. So I've got this like Rolodex, if you will, but that's not even a thing anymore. I don't think you know what that is, Casey, but I've got like a whole uh, a phone app full of people who I can call and get advice from. and So I, I've tried to learn in an informal way from them all through through conversations or working with them or visiting them um, and actually this year to push myself out of my comfort zone i'm going to be doing a lot more travel uh, i'm going to austin in january i'm gonna i'm gonna work with jay a little bit i'm going to houston uh, i'm gonna go back to la in february and, and so i've just been doing more and more things to try and uh push myself to get to get better
0: Yeah. Man, that's so. When you were thinking about leaving policing, did you have like a master plan, or was the master plan was to fight in the UFC, and like the fitness thing was kind of like financing that that dream you had, or was it to go this route?
1: No, you know what? I got I got the opportunity to run Jim Jones, um, and I kind of weighed the pros pros and cons of it, and it came down to for me that one. I'm unhappy with the job I'm at now, and I don't think that's going to get better. And then two, I was damn good at my job. So if this doesn't work out, if this fitness thing doesn't work out, if I can't make Jim Jones grow, because remember when I got to Jim Jones, it was a small little gym. There was no online membership program. There was no real seminar program. Like That was all me. I you know, put all that together. If I can't make this thing grow and make it into a real viable uh, income in place, I can always go back to policing. They would have welcomed me with open arms because I had Tony the certifications and the training and the accommodations and all that stuff. So I decided to just take a chance and I didn't really know where it would go. Uh, I didn't have some master plan. It was like, I'm just going to work as hard as I can to make this thing grow and turn it into the biggest fitness entity in the world. And if it works, awesome. And if not, I could always come home.
0: That's pretty crazy. Cause you're right. When my first seminar with you, there was, I think there was six people, maybe
1: five. And then it was very informal at the start. Like by the time you came, it was starting to get developed, but this is this whole vision I had. And yeah, if it wouldn't have worked out, like, I mean, you can always go home and do your thing. Cause I was a good police officer. So there was always that backup. And I decided I just needed to take a chance.
0: And then you left your second, like the second time that I was like, the second time you told me, you're like, hey, I'm leaving Jim Jones. I remember getting the call that morning from you. And you're like, hey, like it's this afternoon, it's gonna be over. And I was, I was like, oh my God, like this is the second time that you like blew me away. Cause when you left policing, it was, I thought it was like, it was unheard of that anybody left policing. Now they're starting to trickle up more and more with the politics gets worse and worse. But like in your day, nobody left. And then I, you know, I followed suit and then I get the phone call from you, whatever that is, like fast forward five years from there or back five years from now. And you said, I'm leaving Jim Jones. And I thought the same thing. And then, man, you just kept with that same attitude of I am going to just keep outworking everybody I can and, and doing this for myself and my family with the mission to help others. And, and it's worked out for you, which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. And I'm more successful than I've ever been. You know what I mean? I, I, I try to stay humble on it, but it, but it was clearly the right move. For me to leave policing and clearly the right move for me to leave Jim Jones and do my own thing. I've always had this vision of of what I wanted to do, but I didn't know uh, quite how to articulate it or quite how to get it into the realm of reality. And I finally figured that out, and so I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm pretty happy.
0: And I don't want to make it seem to people like yeah, you were bullied and you had a you had a rough go. You lost your father when you were very young. But then you left, uh, when you left Jim Jones, man, you ran into, I don't know if it was the lowest point of your life, but for me, listening to you on the other end of the phone, it seemed like, and when you got sick, how, like, how did that, how did that play into how successful you think your bounce back? I think that your fall there into, because of your illness really helps you to climb and maybe appreciate, because you just seem like a man, like, like a happier, more like Grateful person, like more fulfilled since then. It's, been, it's really been cool to watch that transformation.
1: I mean, part of it was legitimately, I almost died.
0: Yeah, I yeah, got I did. a
1: disease that 200,000 people a year get, 40,000 die. So, like, it's pretty rough. And they were looking at taking out my intestines. Uh, at one point, uh, man, there was a point I was sleeping naked in my bathtub, shitting blood. What was this? Like, fucked up. It was called Clostridium difficile, and I was lucky enough to get an antibiotic-resistant version of it so they couldn't treat it. And I lost 47 pounds in a month. I was sick. My stomach was spasming so bad. I got an umbilical hernia. Like I was really bad. And, and, and the thing that taught me the most about that, Tony, it's the first time in my life I wasn't able to control my body. Like One thing I love about the gym is I don't care if you're fat, skinny, strong. Not strong, tall, short. the universal truth of the gym is that if you show up, you'll be better the next day than you were the day before. Everyone improves. So if you think at the garage, everyone who shows up gets better. You're in complete control of what you do. You're the master of your domain. Well, with this sickness i, I, I couldn't I couldn't outwork it. I couldn't outeat it i couldn't I, I was just like at the mercy of this thing, and so I kind of had some moments where it's like, am I ever going to be able to like, am I going to lose everything I love? You know what I mean? Am I going to, am I going to die or be, am I going to like not be able to work out anymore? Am I not going to be able to fight anymore? And i not, not going to be able to train. And Tony, you'll laugh. The, the moment where I was at my lowest and it's when I actually started to snap out of it. Cause I, I think you need to hit rock bottom a little bit. I actually laughed out loud. I thought that I was going to do something around the house because I was laid up, like pretty much bedridden. And I thought I was going to empty the dishwasher. This is going to be my big thing today. And I started emptying the top rack of the dishwasher. And halfway through emptying the top rack of the dishwasher, I had to sit on the kitchen floor and I was just sweating and breathing like I just rode a 2K for time. And I started laughing out loud because I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? Like, this is terrible. And I literally just laughed, you know? And, and and it was all karma for making you almost die on that air airdy. Because that's how I felt trying to empty the dishwasher. I was like, shit. And then from there, with a sense of humor, I started to bounce back better. And then I started to get better and better and better. And I've just really never looked back. And how long did this go on for? Fuck months. Like, I was sick for... Five, six months. And then it took another five or six after that to get back to feeling. I mean, Tony, you saw some of the pictures of me. I was, I I mean, the good news is I'll tell you what, Casey. Uh I I saved some some samples of this disease. If you want it, there's there's a one in five chance you'll die, but there's a four in five chance you'd be more ripped than you've ever been in your life. Pretty shredded. <laughs> <laughs> so I might I might market this and sell it, but. Um. Yeah, it took, I mean, it probably took a year to a year and a half to get back to normal.
0: Man, I mean, that was, it was, it was a pretty intense moments there. I mean, I was, if you don't know, I was the best man in Bobby and Lisa's wedding. And I remember getting a text from Lisa and she's like, hey, like you gotta, you might want to consider coming down here, like Rob's in a pretty bad place. And then it seemed like you made this like turn and started to climb back. But even when you came down here, cause you were set to come down here like months after that, right? when you came down here, it was, you still, I was like, man, this guy is not like the same yet. Like you were still having trouble with food. You were like, you were exhausted. I'd never seen you like had to, you know, you were speaking. And then when we'd break, you'd just sit on the box. And I, yeah, I you know, it was scary for all of us to see like, you know, well, you're one of the strongest guys I know, obviously. And, and a guy your stature to be crippled by something. It's just, I think it, it for me, it would open my eyes to like, just living for that very day and making sure that you don't like leave any regrets, which is even more the reason why you, you know, don't do jobs that you don't like and continue to move forward.
1: Yeah. And and stress will get you, you know, some of that disease was stress related. And so it's just trying to trying to be better, but it taught me a lot. And, and, you know, honestly, it's funny. I wouldn't change it now. It's a great story. Uh, it's, it's, it's a part of my brand, uh, and it helped make me a, an even stronger person, which is great.
0: So speaking of your brand, uh, what what would you say if you were going to describe your brand like in a nutshell, other than like being uh, you know Flex Friday? Like, what what is your brand? Is it, your brand is to like just basically say no to bullies, right, and like
1: move forward? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I I'm I'm kind of going two ways on this. I'm I'm the discount Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> but, like, if you want if you want the Rock, but like less big, less ripped, less strong, and less sexy, but you can get them for a cheaper price. This guy right here. Uh, so that's my new thing, Tony. I'm going to try to be an actor. You'll see me in the sci-fi network. It's B-rated movies. You know, uh, I work for a fraction of The Rock's $30 million picture fee. Uh, seriously, though, my brand, uh, my taglines every damn day. It's, it's My brand really is just the power of showing up. You know, someone someone asked me the other day, like how I was so you know how do you get so strong? How do you get so fit? This is actually at first form uh, as a buddy of mine, Aaron Summers. Like, well, Aaron, I did one simple thing. He's like, what's that? I'm like, I worked out six hours a day for 27 years straight. <laughs> and like I said this deadpan, and he looked at me. He goes, simple. I go yeah, I mean theoretically, like it's not you just show up. So. When I say that I work up twice a day, every single day for 27 years, that's the absolute truth. I don't know if you noticed yesterday, Tony, I had my world championship jujitsu in the afternoon. I did a men's health workout live in the morning. And I got some comments from people like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, this is just what I do. You show up, you don't quit, and you ask some questions. And I promise you, your life will get better. By the way, you can apply that to your marriage you show up more if you ask some inquisitive questions and you don't quit you'll have a successful marriage you can apply it to your job that's all you have to do so that's really what my brand is just self-empowerment through hard work
0: and it is the truth you like you're not you're not a I I know you as well as most people as anybody I think other than Lisa probably and or your mom but to like you do train twice a day for as long as I've known you. And I remember going on trips and you're like, okay, like, hey, we're heading to the gym at nine. All right, I'll be there. And we'd, you know, work out till 11 or 12. I mean, a lot of that was us just bullshitting and talking, but a lot of it was really hard work in between. And then, hey, meet me back here at four o'clock. And like, oh my God, what's wrong with this guy?
1: Well, you you remember in police college, that was true too. We used to work out every morning and then we would work out again after the day was over. It was like, it's clockwork for me. It's just part of my life.
0: And then what are you doing to make sure like, you know, we're now 42, we're not, we're not spring chickens, but like, what are you doing to make sure that you can maintain that? Like, what are the extra things you're doing that people don't probably appreciate?
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that's a really good question. And I'm so glad you asked that because I don't think a lot of people realize where the real work is. It's easy to show up twice a day. That's not that hard. Like you just mentioned, you come in the gym. That's my fun time. Uh, The the way people look at golf, that's the way I look at training. Tony, come to the gym. We'll work out. We'll push ourselves. We'll go eat some lunch. It's fun. The hard part, and the real work, is recovery work. So I'm sleeping eight to nine hours a night in a completely blacked out environment. I'm spending between 30 and 90 minutes a day in a 200-degree sauna. I wear Normatec recovery boots. I cannot remember the last time I had a warm shower. I have a lot of ice showers and cold showers. Uh, I, I say cold or ice because in the winter, obviously the, the, the water is a little more cold. Uh, I make sure I take in sufficient, uh, you know, quality foods. I'm on a high end micronutrient supplement program. Uh, first form, I think they're the best supplements in the world, but you know, multivitamin, fish oil, reds, greens, uh, I take a lot of ginger in. I have a lot of fresh garlic. So there's like a lot of uh, homeopathic uh, health stuff I I, I pay attention to. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things I've done. I harvested the baby stem cells and inject them into my spine nightly. Um, Yeah, I do. I do a lot of stuff to keep myself healthy and good. (laughs) And
2: that's the key. <laughs> that is the key. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe in the interest of me not getting arrested, I do not harvest the baby's stem cells, but it sounds like a reasonable thing that I would do. It seems
2: legit. There's gotta be people out there doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're trying for sure. They're trying.
1: But, but no, for real, like I will do anything to stay more recovered. I, I use the Ice product. I don't know if you guys know the massage gun, I've got like a like a vibrating massage ball, a foam roller. Like I am constantly trying to do recovery stuff, Epsom salt baths, whatever I can do to keep this volume up.
0: And for as long as I know you, I remember being funny. Another funny story: police college, you know, especially back in those days when they still had a bar and it was like police college was a man's man type, or policing was a man's man type of job. I guess we'd all be, like, hey, we're going for beers and whiskeys at the the pub, and Rob would show up. And he'd order a glass of red wine and have a piece of dark chocolate and be in bed within like 10 minutes of that first drink. That's Always it. ready. I don't need
1: to poison myself. You know, I, I've only been drunk a handful of times and it's like hard drinking is going to destroy you, especially as you get older. So it's like, if I want to drink, it's like an ounce. And when I say a glass, Tony, it's like a little glass, it's like an ounce of red wine, a little piece of dark chocolate and away I go. But I've, I also go through periods where I won't touch a drink for months. Just because everything adds up, like you, you, you people listening might not think a drink a day matters. It's one drink a day. That's 365 drinks by the end of the year. Well, that's why I'm me and you're you. Like, if you want to be successful, you've got to make sacrifices.
2: Yeah, 100%. Man, 100%. Oh, it's crazy. And I think that when it comes to like recovery and mobility, like a lot of people take that aspect for granted because in the way of just like the way you program, when you talk about training two, two training sessions a day, right? Like Tony even mentioned after the first session, you're sore. But if you take care of your body consistently, then you're able to speed up that recovery process and then you're able to give more output in that second workout. And you can continue that on it's like everything you do in between those workouts is what allows you to do better at your next kind of workout you you have
1: to but even little things i'm traveling right now and i'm in orlando i do things like i book my flights around my training sessions i don't take red eyes because it takes too much out of me a lot of times like i competed till later last night i'm not rushing to jump on a plane today because it causes me too much stress so i figured out ways To just control everything else in my life to do what I do. And it's funny, Tony, because people get frustrated with it, right? My my wife will get frustrated that I'm not home right away. Uh, My friends will get frustrated because I have my schedule. But I'm not me and I don't continually win if I don't manage all those other little things. And I think we live in a society where people confuse self-care with being selfish self-care is one of the most important things that you can do you can't look after yourself there's no way you can look after other people
0: yeah yeah i think that says it best and i think that hits the nail on the head man and if this podcast is all about that it's about taking action and like for sure the garage gym if you don't push me to, to you know get into this uh hey why don't you become canada's first jim jones certified instructor oh okay and uh, next thing you know, the garage gym is born and here we are so many years later. So I appreciate that very much. So let's end it on that note, man. Thank you so much for coming out. I know you've got a, a whole afternoon of stuff ahead of you in Orlando and you're probably due for your nap. Make sure, uh, get your recovery in, get by that pool. If you can get a little sun, you look at it a little bit, you know, pale, make sure you're, you're keeping yeah. that vitamin. Yeah.
1: It's actually, it's actually funny enough. I, I picture Florida and I'm sure a lot of Canadians do is like sunny and warm all year. It's actually kind of cold here right now is it really warmest yeah i mean cold 65 70 degrees it's just not what i envisioned i'm not on a tropical vacation but again a lot of the stuff i do tony like today i went for a walk i i I rolled out i had an epsom salt bath like my day's not spent just lounging by the pool It, it takes real work to you know that to be good so
0: good for you man well enjoy the day thank you so much
1: that's a wrap that's
2: good thank
0: you
1: that was, that was awesome good.
0: great it's awesome man thank you